Hello and welcome back to In The Pocket Across The Pond, the UK-based NFL fantasy football podcast with me, the best Alex of the show, Alex Brindle. We've got Alex number two, Alex Sharples and Lewis Brindle as usual. Who's also Alex number two. Who's also Alex number two, yeah. You're ruining the intro, mate. (laughs) Uh, Just up top, if you want to get in touch with us, in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com. Shoot us a question, tell us we don't know what we're on about, call us idiots, or say that we're really helpful. That would be nice as well. But anyway, this week we'll break down what we saw in week two. Some talking points in terms of players that we're worried about, who to trade for, or players who you want to trade off your team. Believe me, there are a lot of them this week. Of course, we'll suggest some players for you to pick up off the waiver wire as well as giving you a forget about its players that are locked into your lineup and our player picks for this week. Before delving in to our first mailbag question of the season, a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Listen, I just want to know what your favourite meme of the weekend was. Favourite meme There's of the weekend. There's a few now. I've got three. I've what? got three. Number one, um, Arthur Smith, moment of panic. Oh, yeah. Did we see that? Did we see? You mean Barney Gumble? Barney Gumble, moment of panic. So it's like... Um, it's like fourth and two or something near the end of the game, and they go for it on fourth down. But he, he has a moment where he like he like <laughs> puts his hands to his head and looks really well, and then and then relax for a minute. And then um, B. John Robinson makes an amazing play to sort of get the yardage, um, like Duke's a couple of guys. Um, so there's that. There's the. I like to think maybe he meant to buy milk on the way to the game, but all the, sh- <laughs> all the shops are closed when the game finishes, and he just remembered for a second. <laughs> <He's> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and then realised yeah. where he was. Yeah. Um, there's the Mike McDaniel sprinting sprinting away from the cameras at half time after his half time interview. He's absolute gold. Um, that was really good. Or, which I think is got to be the move of the week, is the referee. I'm talking to America here. Oh. To Geno Smith. I mean, that one was mint, but I can't believe you've not mentioned uh, Bill Belichick throwing the red flag. Like a, oh, okay. Like yeah, a yeah, Bill Belichick here. spiking. Yeah. Yeah, Belichick throws those flags like our little niece just throws her toys about, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was great. My, yeah, my favourite is the, is the ref. Excuse me, I'm talking to America here. That is an all-time quote um but it says something that we are talking about memes rather than fantasy performances this yeah, week you say that though and and it did watching red zone particularly it felt like another really slow rusty week of football and then you see just how many points particularly at the wide receiver and quarterback positions just how many fantasy points were scored this week yeah um it's just a shame that they were all scored by players who no one was playing. I think it was very, <laughs> yeah, uh, from what I've seen of the leagues I've been in, it's very haves and haves nots this week. It was either you got like 140 plus or you were on the 100 mark. It, there didn't seem to be any sort of in between. So just sort of, yeah, mm. look at the draw. Well, not look at the draw, but it's not like it was a massive week for everyone. It's just some people, when they hit, they really hit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of the games, 
I'm just going to run through some scores. And lads, when I'm finished, just start talking about some games that we want to talk about a bit. So we had the Vikings 28-34 Eagles. Interesting one on Thursday night. Um, I feel like this is just... uh, The Vikings... You know, last season's catching up to him a bit. I think this is probably a game last season that they end up somehow winning. Uh, mm. Don't think so this season. Ravens 27-24 Bengals. We'll talk about the Bengals, I'm sure, in a minute. Seahawks 37-31 Lions. Uh, Chiefs 17-9 Jags. Packers 24-25 Falcons. Read the Bills back on track with a win. Uh, the Chargers lost again. Brandon Staley is his seat is on fire. He's not in the hot seat. His seat is on fire. It's charred. Yeah, the he's la- on the charred yeah, throne. Yeah, yeah. We had the Rams still looking competitive in the loss of the 49ers. Giants come back. Well done against the worst team in the league. Congratulations, Giants. You're still awful. Yeah, no, the Giants thing, right? The Giants thing annoys me because everyone is like going, whoa, look at that comeback. I'm I'm not impressed. Right, they didn't score a point in over six quarters of football. I'm not going to throw them a party because finally, after over 90 minutes of playing the game, they managed to do the one thing that an NFL t- NFL offense is trying to do: put mm. points on the board. Mm. That ain't impressive. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually, yeah. I would say the same about. Go on. I was going to say I have a little confession. Um, I rang them up at halftime and I said, "Look, boys, I've said the Cardinals are going to go 0 and 17. You, you're ruining it for me already. Can we, can we, you know, turn okay. the screw a bit?" And they were like, "Yeah, go on then." And that gave them the juice that they needed. Yeah. yeah. I think the same about the Commanders. Patriots keeping things close. Um, I feel that's going to be the Patriots all year. The Patriots are yeah. going to have a bad record, but they'll have kept things, they'll kept things close. The, the that is, it's Bill Belichick, so they're going to lose respectfully. You know they're gonna yeah. they're gonna have a lot of gentleman losses like you know losing by one score or something like yeah. that. They're gonna play you hard. Defense is gonna be like good. No, 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 no. He's um, gonna get it out of that out of that that horrible, Chris White sock, sock that's pulled up pulled it. <laughs> we've gone opposite there. Um that's pulled up well above his shear. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think what do you think your your men are keeping him in your sock? What do you think it like can't be the quickest place? Can't you need no, it, you need it, you need it, it on the hip like some people keep fire, it like yeah. in the hip, but he all exactly I noticed like I noticed Belichick like a quick draw. Belichick always keeps it in his sock. It might be like a superstitious thing. Probably but is. like yeah. I would just pocket yeah, I'd have it back pocket I, sort of. I think I'd have it in some kind of like you know, like a tube of Pringles and then you could really like uncork it and draw it like a sword. That, that's what I'd be doing with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd have it I would have it on a drone. Mm-hmm. That is constantly flying above the stadium or in the stadium if it's indoors, mm-hmm. and then I drop it from that height. You'd have to time it really yeah, well, otherwise they'd be like, you'd be, you'd be like, I'm challenging this, and they'd be like, Where's the flag? And you'd just be like, mm, It's coming, it's coming. Mm. <laughs> it's coming. Um, and how about them? It's all I'm going to say for mm. now. How about them? But now we've run through some of the scores, some games that you really just briefly want to touch on. Um, let's go back to. The Chargers and Brandon Staley, Lou. I think the guy is seriously on the hot seat. I there's receipts from of the podcast this time last year where I was saying Brandon Staley was on the hot seat and he's not as good a coach as people say he is. But the Chargers with the loss against 
the Titans. And while we're on the Titans, I'm just going to slip in here, head into the booth. Oh, head into the booth section. Head into the booth. I'm just going to slip it in, uh, the new section of the podcast, where we give you the player we think is most likely to be in the commentary booth this time next season. Um, You might think I'm sticking with Ryan Tannehill because I'm going with the Titans. But I'm actually... I'm going for... Old man Hopkins. <laughs> I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. Old man Hopkins running routes. <laughs> How old is he? Thirty-one. Uh, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, thirty-one. He's thirty-one. Old man Hop. Yeah. Old man Hopkins. Uh, uh, I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins for heading. For heading to the booth, heading for the booth. Heading to the booth, Henry Hopkins. Sorry, I know. And maybe it's because I was watching the game and I had Tannehill in mind, and then Ryan Tannehill actually inexplicably made some plays this week, uh, and DeAndre Hopkins just looked totally out of it. Um, he looked old. I'm sorry. I know it's ridiculous to say because he's 31, but that's what this segment's about. And you look at Matt Ryan last year as the prototype, the 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 you know perfect example for what this segment is. Hopkins looks well, super old. NFL players age like dogs when they're in the league. Like every year is basically like four years. It's like so if he's thirty-one, it's like wow. <laughs> I can run this route for you. Yeah, yeah. That's my old man Hopkins impression. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look great to me. And and back to the original point, I suppose we're, we're like cloning on the the Titans and all the players looking really old, but. The point being... Can we do our head into the booth? The charge, it's my segment. All right. Do we not get a say of our own? If you must. It's not going to be old man Hopkins. It's not going to be old man Hopkins. My heading to the booth um, is that ref who said that thing because some network's going to pick him up and then make that his segment. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you talk to America, explain that stupid decision by these refs. Yeah. They yeah. will make a meme out of it. They'll make it. They'll they will make mm. a you know, yeah. You know, Chapels, what's yours? Because this is a segment for all of us. Okay. Oh, it's me because I'm zero two and I hate fantasy football now. Heading to the no, but yeah. that but but heading to the booth is like you're on the field and no no one would get you for the expertise right now mm. in in fantasy football in our position. Head to the booth is almost opposite of what it means for the players. We have to be really good to head to the booth. The players have to be really crap. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm... so you're you're taking after you two are taking after the players right now and being really bad at fantasy football. Okay, I'm going to head into the landfill then. It's me. Head into the landfill. Mm. Right. Anyway, the Chargers shouldn't be losing against the Titans. Realistically, no. And the thing with the Chargers is like. As you're saying, this goes back to to last season. You know, it's like right. So let's let's talk about some of the games. This past week, Titans 27, Chargers 24. Dolphins 36, Chargers 34. Uh, last game of last season, Broncos 31, Chargers 28. You know, they've they won a couple before that, but these 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 games that they're losing. The one-score games. Now, that is where coaching does come into play a lot of the time as well, to get down the field, game-winning drives. And this is what these guys aren't doing. It's been a consistent problem since Staley's been there. It, it, they've been stale. Brandon Stale, he's gone. He is, he's gone because <laughs> this team, yeah, this this team, 
just just can't do it when it when it matters. And you could you could you could put some of that on Justin Herbert. I personally think that also like for as long as Herbert's been there, that defense has been pretty bad. Like Herbert's putting up points for the team, mm. and you know you need you need your defense to also do a job for you as well, and that's not happening. But yeah, I think. The Chargers have a long, long way to go to be anything like what people always want them to be every off-season going into mm. the season, you know. And this past two games has sort of exemplified that, yeah, they're still the Chargers of the last couple of years, really. Mm. Sharples, any games stand out to you? Um, well, I just wanted to highlight, I mean, the Chiefs now, obviously, they, they beat the Jags, but, I mean, 17 points this game, 20 points last game. I know Travis Kelsey wasn't there in the first game. Are we, is there anything to be worried about about this Chiefs offense? I mean, I don't recall them seeing going back to back this few points in a while. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a similar thing with the Bengals to me. Where week one for both the Chiefs and the Bengals, you go that was weird, but let's write it off because it was just weird. Um, and then another week goes by where the Chiefs aren't firing on all cylinders and neither are the Bengals. Neither were the Jags, but we saw the Jags play really well in week one. Um, yeah, another one where it's a bit like, okay, that, that was weird again, but it's fine. But, you know, you, you're you a bit... I'm a bit worried about how the Bengals look because I think Shannon Sharp said something uh, this week about Joe Burrow if, if he really did aggravate this calf injury. When have you ever heard of anyone get healthier through the season? Yeah. You know, they're playing games every single week. So that's a worrying thing there. Um, I'm still buying I'm still buying low on all the Bengals players if you can get them in your league. I'm still buying low on Mahomes, on Kelsey as well. But, yeah, doesn't seem to be clicking for either team. Uh, and if it's the same again next week, then maybe we do start raising some eyebrows, asking some questions. But the Bengals did start 0-2 last year. Yeah, okay. And but I don't I feel like they didn't look this bad. They might have done. They might have done. I can't really I can't really remember. We could have been having the we could have been re- recording this exact same conversation. Maybe. Someone go and listen to it and let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um listenability. Yeah. Podcast. Lou, I see you've got something there about the Broncos, which I just fundamentally disagree with, uh, and and I'm sure during our play pick segment, I'll tell you why. But Broncos in trouble, you've got. I put Broncos in trouble still. Is it Wilson? Question mark. Because let's ride. No. 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 I know he had the Hail Murray. <laughs> the the Russell Wilson Moonball has returned. Um, I, this Commanders team looks pretty bad. I I would say mm-hmm. and. The, 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 the Broncos sort of matched them in badness. Like, I know both teams scored quite a bit of points, but I don't know. I just, I know Russell Wilson doesn't seem to be as sort of goofy as he was last year, goofy in the in play style and stuff like that and the Subway, oh, right. subway adverts and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just, it, losing this game is just, I feel like this is a game you should be winning because, like, you know, we'll talk about it in one of our little segments in a bit. But I just this—I don't—I don't think this Commanders team is anything. No, and um, no. and and if this Broncos team wants to be something, you have got to be beating teams like that. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but is it Wilson? What you know? What do you think? I think that it was an incredibly 
um, traumatic in terms of the the kind of unpreparedness and the shifting culture. It was a traumatic time for the team in terms of the team building and how they play and just how fundamentally from the roots it was a bad program last year and it's going to take a lot more than one off season and Sean Payton and a quarterback that's completely lacking in any sort of um, what magic ability that he had in his previous 10 years in the league. It's going to take a lot more than two weeks to sort that out. Mm. Um, it was, it was, it was a team that was just rotten to the core last year in terms of how they were playing. It was a bit, yeah. I liken it to the Manchester United of NFL. <laughs> I don't even have a comeback to that. It's spot on. But yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just but like less. But, it, bron- but Broncos are much less crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean. Stuff like that lingers. <laughs> stuff. Well, especially you're dealing with the same group of players. Stuff like that lingers from year to year, and you can try all you want getting rid of Russell Wilson's office and calling out the previous regime and, you know, saying we're doing things differently now. But, yeah, it's going to take... I mean, they're clearly going to give Sean Payton more than a year. They're clearly, I think, they, they have to give Russell Wilson more than this year. We've, they they're paying him. He's not getting any younger, admittedly. But um, you, you, I don't think anyone came into this season with the expectations that they had last season for the Broncos. But you're daft if... You think they're going to be really good, I suppose, or any good? I mean, what do you think, Sharkles, just briefly on the Broncos? Like, uh, you know. I, no, I don't think so. The, you're, you're very right mm. about the Manchester United analogy. Like, I think on paper, they look like they might have a decent team, but when you, when they get on the pitch, it just doesn't work. Mm. Um, I agree they probably the can't watch Russell Wilson this year and extras for the amount of money that they're paying him, but God, like, they need to. I think it's going to start with him. Um, I think you know, yeah, no, I, I, and also that the on paper like the it looks like they've got a decent amount of weapons. Like you know, we always say Cortland Sutton's going to be there, Jerry Judy's going to be there. Obviously, the Mims came out of nowhere to score a lot of points. It's just, but they're not. Are they? Are they good? Are they really good? Like they didn't do it last season. Are they going to do it this? No. Like, do you know? I, I just no. I don't see where it's going to come from. I mean. The, the defence has got some good players. Justin Simmons is good. Patrick Satan as well. But it wasn't enough last season. I don't think it's going to be enough this season. They need a, they need a full reset, mm. if you ask me. Like, trade as much as you yeah. can. Just yeah. reset. Let, let Sean Payton do that. You know what I mean? But... Mm. Is it? No. It's fantasy points kind of taking over how good a team actually is. Like you were just saying with the Commander's loot. I mean, great kind of... Um, great performance by, like, you know, Brian Robinson this week. No way are they going to be playing like that. How many points were they down, the Commanders, at some point? Um, well, no, it was the Broncos that were down, then then got ahead, oh, sorry, yeah. and then and then the Commanders sort of came back, and it was a bit tit for tat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, 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 but my point being, like, you know, they had to come back, and they were in a game which was a bit of a shootout. So they had to play in a way that is just not sustainable for that team or that quarterback, I suppose. Which is why I'd be maybe pumping the brakes on thinking you've just found an unbelievable gem in Brian Robinson who's going to give you the that output every week. Yeah. I don't know, but um anyway, well let's get to our um let's get to our categories for the week, let's say. Um I just want to quickly say that I think the Cowboys and the 49ers for as much as we've, 
you know, kind of slagged off the NFC and held the AFC to be easily the best division with the best, uh, the the best conference with the best teams in it. I think the Cowboys and the 49ers are the class of the NFL at the minute, lads. Mm. Any disagreements? No. No, I mean, Eagles, Chiefs, mm. Bills, Bengals, pretty underwhelming starts. Mm. Cowboys and 49ers just look dominant. Yeah. And you kind of want to cry if you had the first overall pick in any of your drafts and you didn't take McCaffrey because I don't think any of us expected. It's like, okay, he had all the work in Carolina, but they were on a bad team. Um, but now he's got less work, but on a really good team. So it'll even out. No, he's on a really good team and he's got all the work. So, um, and he's an incredible player. We'll get to him, I'm sure. But who's your not buying it this, not buying it win this week, Sharples? Do you know what? I think for the first time, my not buying it might also be my impressive win because Giants came back from what? I mean, it was the worst. Don't get me wrong. It was the worst comeback I've ever seen, but they still did it. But it was against a team that I've still predicted to be going 0-17 and I still think they're a rubbish team. So it was impressive, but also I'm not buying it. Okay. Um... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Commanders for all the reasons that me and Lou just said. Yeah, same, Commanders. 2-0, but how? Mm. Um, Impressive victory. I'm going to go for the Seahawks because that must have been super intimidating going into Detroit off the back of the win that they had. Everyone wearing like the, uh, the, the, the Honolulu blue ski masks. Um, mm. And yeah. They, they went in there, they pulled off the upset. Geno Smith, uh, again, you like to see Geno Smith kind of having this sort of game in a neutral game script, not in a game that he had to do this kind of thing, but he had to do it and he did it. Um, yeah, Seahawks, the play. Mate, <clears throat> don't write Geno Smith off because he ain't going to write back. <laughs> I think that court's pretty hard when he, when he said that last year. I don't really... Get how it works. He doesn't. You know need, I mean? He doesn't need to work. <laughs> okay. Doesn't need to work. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my impressive victory is the Dallas Cowboys because I just thought they looked seventy just, to ten yeah. without scored New York teams in the dominant, first two yeah. weeks. Dominant New again. York, New York, just dominant again. This is a. I know, I know viciously shaking his head. I know, blah blah blah, Zach Wilson, whatever. This is a this is a Jets team that just beat the Bills. Um, <laughs> what, what's that face for? This is a Jets team that just beat the Bills. They are, regardless of quarterback, they are a solid NFL team. Uh, Robert Salas proved that time and time again, and the Cowboys just walked all over him again. Defense was. Fantastic! Took sort of the pressure off the offense, freed the offense up, and the offense looked good when it had to do its thing. Um, I just think the Cowboys have looked excellent. Chapels. Mm. I mean, Jets are not Jets are nothing without yeah. Rogers. So I mean, it wasn't that impressive. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, again, Sam Anson is going to be all yeah, cheap, cheap Cardinals. <laughs> What's that? The worst, the worst team. You go in the worst, worst team, team, yeah. Because Giants, Giants were both. Two. Yes, yes. Sorry, of course, of course. Uh, I'm going to join you with the Cardinals. The worst team, and if anything, it's because I, I just again 
like I mentioned last week, a little bit annoyed with the fan base. Oh, we, we wanted to lose, though. We wanted to lose. We, we, Caleb Williams. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So imagine, let me give you a metaphor. There's someone and he's trying to put together an amazing outfit to look great in. And a few years ago, he won the lottery and spent his money on an amazing diamond-encrusted Rolex. This year rolls around, and there is not really anything wrong with that Rolex. It just needs to go to the shop to get a tiny little repair, but it's going to be as good as new. But he wins the lottery again, and he buys another Rolex. Well, you know what the problem is with this man? He doesn't have any pants on. Mm. You know what I mean? We need to start with the fundamentals. I don't know what them getting the number one pick and doing the same thing over again with Kayla Williams is going to do. Are you really telling me there's a higher chance of Kayla Williams coming into the NFL and being as good, as solid, as kind of at times great as an NFL quarterback as Kyler Murray is? Because those draft picks are like scratch cards and doesn't matter how good someone is in college, you never know whether it's going to translate. And with Kyler Murray, you've got someone who it translates You've just not surrounded him with any support. And you know what? Let them let them get Kayla Williams and let's let's see him in this exact situation in three years. Yeah. Um very generous of you to use your first day back at work as the analogy as well. <laughs> <laughs> My worst team is the Burrs because the Cardinals have the Cardinals have played people pretty tough. I thought, like, you know, um, Dobbs had a pretty, pretty tough run touchdown, <laughs> <laughs> but and the birds have just looked rubbish. Sorry, the birds just, have just—I thought they'd look. I just imagine Alvin <laughs> with a Rolex on each arm, but no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I thought the, I think the birds have just looked trash, even worse than the Cardinals, to be honest with you. So they're my worst team. Mm. Um, some players. So, at the quarterback position, basically every quarterback on the wave wire went off. You know, um, no one that anyone was playing. Um, it's a weird week when Josh Jobs is up there with the qu- top quarterbacks on the week, but you had uh, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Hurts, Allen, Gino, and Goff, all with good games. Um, but, lads, I've got to break something to you, and I'm sure that Sharples may quite literally echo this point in around two minutes' time, but Jared got through an interception and the streak is off. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, but he still had a nice game for fantasy. Uh, at the running back positions, uh, you know, rank these... I'm asking you, I'm asking you two this. Rank these running backs who smashed it this week on how confident you are for them for the rest of the season, starting the mini team. Brian Robinson, Kyron Williams, that and that's even changed since the last time I looked at this with all the uh, acres and news that have been definitive now, I suppose. Uh, so Robin, Brian Robinson, Kyron Williams, DeAndre Swift, Raheem Molster. Quickly rank those four into most to least confident rest of the season. Um, I would have to say Kyron Williams, number one. I was against him this week. He was scary. It didn't matter what the score was. No matter whether he was running or being thrown the ball, he was getting it every time. For me, unless something mad happens, like Jonathan Taylor ends up at the Rams, for me, he's going to be unbelievable uh, going on. I would then say DeAndre Swift. Uh, I still think he's going to split time with Gamewell, but as we said in the in our text, like you can't deny that performance the other day. 
Um, I'd then probably go Brian Robinson, because again, pretty much going to be the lead back there. Gibson's not going to do anything. Uh, most uh, part of that mm. four-headed monster or whatever, you know, committee. So, yeah, I'd go Williams. Uh, who's the second one? Williams Swift. Um Robinson. Robinson, most it. Yeah, sorry about that. Most it. Yes, Lou, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I would go Williams first um, because he's on a good offense. I think most catches um, by a running back in the whole league through two weeks. Um, it just looks like the dude that I would go Williams. Then I would probably go Brian Robinson just because less competition than the other guys. He that that's his backfield. Um, Antonio Gibson is garbage. Um, then DeAndre Swift, uh, because yeah, that performance was excellent, but he is on a team where it is going to be a committee. Jalen Hurts steals all of the goal line um, rushing attempts, but he's should. I mean, DeAndre is just a dynamic player. You've you know said this year years on end out, and then Raheem Mostert because Raheem Mostert has been playing well, but once you know Jeff Wilson comes back, Devin Achan gets a bit more ingrained in the offense, that's going to be a bit more of a committee. So yeah, mm. Williams, Robinson, Swift, Mostert for me. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I wasn't playing him, which you know I idiot because I always preach about how great I think DeAndre Swift is. I wasn't playing him on Thursday when he. He just looked like a monster. You know, he, I'm not going to buy into the narrative that this is now his backfield because clearly they want to use more guys. But how do you not look at that performance from the other day? And because they were using the hot hand, it was it was getting yards and yards every time he carried the ball. But he, he he's just a different speed to, to other running backs. You know, he might not be the biggest body, but the guy's just, he's a different speed. He moves around tackles. Uh, so smoothly um, yeah when he's on like he was the other day with his best game really of his NFL career when he's on there's there's not really any stopping DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. uh, which is always annoying that that, that that kind of prospect is there and you don't often get it but nice to see kind of I suppose my opinion on him vindicated maybe even just for a week uh, over running backs with big games Barkley McCaffrey White Bijan Robinson James Cook Tony Pollard. Um, I think the wide receivers are probably the most interesting ones this week, though, lads. We had Keenan Allen with a huge game and Puka Nakua. So let's chat about Puka for a second. I think we all agree that he's this guy's probably legit now, at least until Cooper Cup comes back. Who are you benching to play him? Let's. I'm going to use um, one of my teams as an example because I think it's a really good example uh, it's a league where you know you can start multiple wide receivers so we've got a man with and Brown wide receiver one that's a no uh, wide receiver two is Jalen Waddle. that's probably still a no for now on mm-hmm. Puka Nakua then we're getting down to wide receivers three and four we've got T Higgins big draft stock Good week, bit of a shaky start. Mike Evans, far left dra- less draft stock, but a great start. Coming into next week, are you playing Puka over, let's say, Mike Evans or or T Higgins? That sort of level, do you know, like mm. that kind of really kind of wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Are we playing Puka Nakua over Higgins or Evans this week? I think I would play him over T Higgins. Um, mm. I think Mike Evans has had two good weeks and 
the the targets have been consistent with him, which is one of the main things I look for. Whereas I think with with T Higgins, obviously you could have a big week, but I still think with Higgins, there's always Jamar Chase looming over him. You definitely don't have that with Puka Nakua. He is the guy. The only, the only reason, the only person who might get it over him is Kyron Williams. Um, so yeah, of the few you you've mentioned, yeah, I think I'd play him over Higgins, but I'd ride the hot hand with Evans. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans has been great, and the Buccaneers, we didn't mention them before, but are playing really well. Lewis's uh, favourite player, Baker Mayfield, is playing some really <laughs> Even to the point where you'll see Mayfield kind of get the ball and roll out a little bit, and he'll go to throw it, and then he'll, hesit- he'll fake and kind of come back, do some more of his progressions, and then throw the ball. You know, last year, he throws it the first time, and it gets intercepted, so it looks like he's playing some really good football at the minute. But anyway, Lou... Nakua, I, I assume you think he's legit. Uh, yeah, he is legit. Like, you, you can't sort of look into what he's like, look out and do what he has done the past couple of weeks with the targets and the receptions and the yardage. Uh, and we see this every so often, I think, like with a player for whatever reason just sort of slips through the cracks in the NFL draft and stuff. But I do think he is legit. It's a really tough question. I think I would start him over Evans because I think the Rams have a better quarterback so and the Rams are a better offense. So I feel like there's more value in Nakua while he is the one than Evans, who is the one in his offense, and I think I would also start him over Higgins because of the reasons that Sharples outlined. You know, Jamar Chase is going to get his, and that's going to be soon. Um, Waddle and yeah, I would yeah, I'd draw the line sort of somewhere in between there, really, between those two guys, and then like a Waddle and you know who who you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but really interesting. Um, other wide receivers scoring a lot of points. Evans, we said Higgins, Nico Collins with a really great week. Uh, Tyler Lockett, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Josh Reynolds, Devonta Smith, Debo Samuel, Christian Kirk. Any of those players that you want to chat about, Luol, Sharps, just I, these wide receivers? It was, a, it was an insane week for wide receivers. I just want a quick word on Nico Collins and like the, the Houston wide receiver room on the whole because Robert Woods has had a couple of nice games and um, Tank Dell also had a, a decent game as well and if you look up the fancy scoring of these three guys it's been solid across the board and I feel like that could be sustainable just because Stroud looks like a pretty solid pocket passer you know, in the, in the couple of games that he's played his yardage is nice and also the game script for the Texans just like we're talking about it being to the detriment of Damien Pierce, they're going to have to take to the air consistently. So these guys are going to get peppered with targets every week. So I feel like Nico Collins especially is going to be a really sort of surprisingly consistent player. And then of the other two guys, I would pick up Tank Dell in being the younger guy and see if you, you know, see if you have something there sort of towards the middle of the season. He could he could become a really, really reliable flex yeah, Chapels. Any any players of note this week at any position? Um, well, just sticking on wide receivers. Uh, C. D. Lamb um got twenty five points, which I mean, good good week. I mean, I guess modest compared to to some people, but just the fact that the the Cowboys were so dominant in that game and they could have just you know ran the ball and he would have been in danger of not getting targets. Thirteen targets, Lamb receptions, one hundred and forty three yards. I mean, he got that without a touchdown. 
very, very impressed with that. Uh, I thought the way the game trip was going, he would yeah. have been, yeah, he would have been left out. But no, so I mean, keep up that energy. I mean, that's wide receiver one territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Maybe I was wrong picking him as my bus pick. Hunter Henry. Andrews, Waller, Kelsey, Engram, Ertz, Laporta, and of course the household name, Kylan Granson. Everyone knows who that is, right? I'm sure yeah, his grandparents. I'm sure his grandparents do. <laughs> Good one, <laughs> lads. Let's keep the busts nice and short. No bu- one wants to. The busts, bus. The busts, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw out three names. Chase, Jacobs, Najee Harris. Um, what happened? What's happening? The, the Jacobs one's really funny because I've got him on um, a couple of my teams and like I wasn't too bothered um, until I sort of looked into the numbers. He had 9.9 fantasy points in PPR and I was like, whatever, fine, you know, nearly 10 points, okay. He had negative rushing yardage. <laughs> so... So I think that's really impressive yeah. to get that in points. Um, Chase, I'm not worried about um, until until you are worried, mm. but that's not for a while yet. And then Najee Harris, I am a little, a wee bit worried about, I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I've got a question for Sharples because I'm going to mention a player that he was uh, really in on at the start of the season. I'm just going to say, first of all, we also had, you know, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Travis Etienne, um, Josh Kelly, Kyle Pitts, surprise, surprise, Brees Hall, all with games that kind of killed you this week. Um, But who are you more worried about? I know what my answer is. Najee Harris or Alexander Madison? Sharples. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I still... Can I throw in another name? Damien Pierce. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm most worried about Damien Pierce because primarily because he's on my roster. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a bit later on about him, so I don't want to go too into that yet. But of those three, I'm most worried about Pierce. Of the two, I still think I'd have to say I'm more worried about Harris because Madison I think is in is in a better situation and he's in a better offense. Also, not a great defense, but a better offense. I think he's got. More scope to be casting, ca- catching passes. Obviously, it's not been a great first two weeks, but we've seen him come into that Dalvin Cup role in the exact same team and do well. I think he can do it again. With Najee Harris, for, for me, the Steelers are going to be chasing most games that they're in, and so they're not going to be running that much. He's not that well-known as a pass catcher. Um, so, yeah, I think I still think he's a, he, he might be a bit more consistent than Alexander Madison, but you aren't going to get the same sort of booms that you're going to get from Madison. So depends what you want, but I'm still still holding on for Alexander Madison. I just feel like Alexander Madison isn't doesn't look great. He doesn't look like an amazing player at the minute. Um, and if, with Najee Harris, I feel like it's going to be hard going at the Steelers anyway. You're a bell cow. You're a not really high scoring offense. Um, you like it to be better with Harris and I think Harris is the type of guy that you want to root for as well not that you don't want to root for Madison but um, it's one of those where you know you, you, maybe it's draft bias 
um, bias of kind of the status of the player but with a player like Harris who was drafted in the league to be a running back one you're always willing to to wait and see for a bit longer with him whereas Madison you're more inclined to be like oh well this is why he was a backup you know Um, yeah really tough one Um, yeah those I suppose with our player picks lads which I'll just move into really quickly um We've not picked any of these total busts apart from Sharples this week. Um, <laughs> First one ever. <laughs> no. Um, in, in around about the middle of the season, we'll spend a bit more time and recap how we're doing at the minute on this because, you know, it gets quite competitive. But, you know, um, this week, Lou had Goff, who had a nice game, but it wasn't a hit. He had 12. Oh, well, yeah, it was. I thought it, it, I thought it was. Was it not? 22. Was it not? It wasn't four points ahead of his projection, oh, unfortunately. Oh. He was projected around 19. Yeah. Uh, Goff 22.9 Jamal Williams was a miss on 7 points unfortunately Zay Flowers looks good again 10 points though Jamal Williams got injured in the second sorry, quarter so I'm, sorry. I'm saying that's void sorry, I'm yeah, saying I'll that's void, void. Yeah, I'll void it <laughs> I'm saying void. This is, injuries do, do yeah. make it void yeah um, and Dallas got it with an, an okay game for tight end um, let's ride no long pause no um, Russell Wilson 25.9 fantasy points yes uh, Ramander Stevenson, 15. Really disappointed with Ramander Stevenson's with his start to the season, I'll be honest with you. He's not scoring, you know, few enough points to be worried about him, but I thought this was a super smash player this week and it just didn't turn out to be. Um, Chris Olave, 14.6. Chris Olave's a great player. Zach Ertz, 8.7. So just one hit there for me. Um, and Sharples, the hit on Gino, the miss with Zeke. Weird, I, I don't know. Maybe Sharples can enlighten us a bit more in terms of what Zeke's role's looking like in this offence now, two weeks in. I mean, I'd, I'd love to enlighten you, but I can't. I mean, I, I, I thought based on last week, I mean, he obviously the rushing, the rushing wasn't there, but he'd had seven targets, five receptions. I was hoping for that again, um, and maybe a little bit of goal line work. Just didn't get mm-hmm. it. I mean, I don't know whether, I don't know whether whether Belichick saw something in the different defenses or what, but just a complete departure from what we saw in week one. So gonna be a mm. gonna be a tough one to, to predict going forward, I think. Yeah, but you had a nice pick with Devonta Smith for your wide receiver Sharples with the twenty three point one fantasy points. Oh. However <laughs> we need a new soundbite somewhere, Lou. Okay. Hopefully before Lou edits this he can add something in. Cause we got our first goose of the season, lads. First goose pick Troutman, maybe Sharples is going to climb even further down the tight end uh, depth chart at the Broncos for this week's pick. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't advise it, Sharples. But Troutman, Goose, and he and he was on the field. I made sure to check. Yep, he um, was. One of them met tight end for you. Yeah, I just, I just really wanted to get into the mind of Lewis, and so I just thought I'm going to take Goose this week. <laughs> Okay, right. Well, you know, yeah. Just give us give us a single point next week. That'd suffice, mate. Because mm-hmm. you're on zero through two weeks. Mm. Um. Okay, Lou. Do you want to um, just unfortunately run us through a bunch of injuries? I I don't know about you lot, but when I woke up on Monday and Tuesday morning, my whole ESPN roster just had red cues next to them. Um. Lou, do you want to tell us about the injuries? Just go run through it, mate, yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, the big one is obviously Nick Chubb. Uh, really, really horrible knee injury. Um, 
against the Steelers on Monday night. Really grim. I mean, if you've seen it, you know. If you've not seen it, don't watch it. But Nick Chubb is, is done um, for the year, at least. You know, he's, um, every ligament, you know, cartilage, everything gone, obliterated by the looks of it. Um, really, really sad sight. Um, if you had Nick Chubb on your roster, yeah, we'll speak about some stuff to do. But yeah, just really sad for the guy. Um, no more to be said, really, about that. Just an awful, awful, um, awful thing that's happened. Saquon Barkley, ankle sprain, looked quite... The replays looked pretty bad, but they've done testing. Looks like it's just sort of a, a, a standard ankle sprain. They expect him to be out about three weeks. Deontay Johnson was placed on injured reserve before the week's games. The weekend's games, he's going to miss four weeks. Um, hamstring strain, you know, that that sort of thing. It's a killer in season because as we're talking about with Joe Burrow, it's hard for the it's hard for this stuff to get resolved in season. Uh, yep, Joe Burrow, as I just mentioned, aggravated calf strain. He's considered day-to-day, so just keep an eye on that. David Montgomery left um, the Lions game with a thigh injury and could miss a few weeks. Jamal Williams, as we mentioned, one of my picks last week, left the game in the second quarter and didn't return, hamstring injury. Alvin Kamara is back the week after next, so this next week it might be a bit of a Toby Toby Jones Jr. Um, week if you want to if you want to roll the dice on him. Hmm. And then Jalen Waddle and Anthony Richardson both in concussion protocol. We know at this point what it's like with NFL concussion protocol. I would plan for both of those guys to miss this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. And then in a little bit of news, Cam Akers was a healthy scratch for the Rams, and the Rams are looking to trade him. Really strange situation. Apparently, like there isn't like any bad blood like there was last year, but this offense, this regime obviously doesn't really want Cam Akers with the team they don't really feel like he's the running back moving forward so better to deal him now and get something for him while he could still have a bit of a career ahead of him and judging from last year that means he'll come in and win your fantasy leagues come back into the Rams team that is yes because this exact thing happened last year correct it will do yeah Um, and just just a quick one springing off of that I've, I've just got a little few notes about dealing with big injuries you know and Chubb Barkley um, I think there's a few things you need to do look at acquiring the backup Nick Chubb look at Jerome Ford he looked alright and be savvy on the way of the wire this is your time to sort of if, you, if you're in leagues with uh, Fab you know spend your Fab on a guy who you think can get some work you know look at Jalen Warren look, he, he's been playing nice for the Steelers you know be quite savvy you also can't be precious with your team you have to be prepared to sacrifice aspects of your roster to rebalance that team. If you've got two amazing wide receivers, guess what? You probably need to trade one of them to get your running back steady again. Trade away your depth pieces. If you have a guy on your bench who you're like, oh, I'm stashing him, he's going to be a sleeper, he's already really coming good, you need to trade these guys. You've got to trade away these depth pieces for, for a solid starting team. Be prepared to sacrifice and sort of get back Get get back with a starting team that can compete because the worst thing to do is you lose a player like Nick Chubb and then you're stubborn and you're like, well, I'm just gonna let, I'm just gonna let this part of my team do the heavy work for me and then I'll just I'll plug in 
whoever else at running back who you know I'll plug in Damien Harris because he's the only other running back on my bench and and you're just failing speaking of trades let's quickly give the listeners um someone each that we think you should target in a trade who you should trade for and someone that you should trade away from your team trade away I'm going to go Justin Fields now usually two weeks in you're looking at people who um are playing really well uh, and you think it might be a bit of a kind of mirage um, or you don't expect them to keep it up all season so you're capitalising on recent performances here with Justin Fields I'm not capitalising on recent performances I'm capitalising on name value and I'm trying to get out while I can the birds look awful Justin Fields looks like the worst part of the play um, yeah I'm, I'm getting out of Justin Fields ASAP um, Shapples, who who do you think people should trade away while they can? Yeah, so this is the man I mentioned before. Might might already be too late to trade him away. Uh, Damian Pierce. Um, it's not about him as a as a talent. That's instead of person. I don't know him as a person. He might be might be an idiot. Um, but as a talent, he's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, the game scripts are just not going to go his way this season. The, Houston look like they're going to be chasing every game they're in. Doesn't benefit Pierce because he's not a He's not going to get much work in the passing game. Uh, they've not been able to move that much towards the goal line. Um, he's been getting about 13 carries so far, which it's not enough for him. He needs to, he needs to be on 20. Uh, and so the situation is just not going to be there for him, and, and I don't see that change anytime soon. They've got a bad team. They've got a rookie quarterback. So I would try, I mean, he went in the fifth round. A lot of people were optimistic on him. Maybe see if there's someone in the league who... who Thinks thinks there's value there. You know, he's a young player. He he, he could be exciting. Uh, he could go on a run. Uh, but right now, he's he's in my he's in our he's on he's on my team in the main league. And I would love it if someone would come in for an offer for him because I am worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's hope none of them listen to this podcast. I gotta be honest though, Lou. I thought about that. I, you know, I could lie. I could say yeah, trade for him. <laughs> we're, gi- we're we're giving advice to the listeners as mm. well, Lou. Who are you trading away? I'm draining away Puka Nakua. Now, put your pitchforks down for a second. I've been holding it this whole time, though. Yeah. That's because you've just been doing some gardening. But, okay. Um, Listen, like I was saying before, I think Puka Nakua is legit. I think he's a really talented player. But when Cooper Cup comes back, Cooper Cup is the number one wide receiver. I don't expect the same volume for Nakua. Now... Obviously, I think that I, I when when Cup comes back, I, fit, I still think Nakua is going to be a good player. I think he can be a top twenty wide receiver. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying ship him before he's rubbish. All I am saying is if you can trade him away and get AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, no, one one of these no, one of these true never ever getting either of those players. For pack- this guy. No, 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 no. If you can package him up right. for for one okay. of these guys, if you can package him up with like a, a bit of a depth running back or something like that, and get a true alpha like Chase or AJ Brown, who have been really right. underwhelming, you know, who have both barely scored over ten points in a game mm. this season, go for it mm. right now. Yeah, that's what you should do. I'm, you know, like like I said, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't go out there and trade Nakua for as we mentioned before, you know, T Higgins. Or something like that because it's like, well, they might be on similar I probably level. would. I, I'm just saying, just just to show the kind of the nuances of it all, I probably would do that trade. I would quite easily trade away Nakua for T Higgins. Okay. Personally. Yeah. So but Sharples, but, you want to do a tiebreaker on that? 
Would I trade Nakua for T Higgins? Yes, only because Cooper Cup's going to come back. Exactly. Okay, there we right, go. Yeah, there okay, we go. Okay. I mean, I probably would as well. So it was a bad example. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So Nakua would be my trade away right. cash in. Um, and I think we've got a bit of a uh, theme here in terms of our trade fours. I think we've all got faith in the Bengals because starting off, my trade for is Joe Burrow. Go out and get Joe Burrow if you can. If people are sick of him already, if people see him potentially miss this week, even if you have to stream a quarterback this week, because I think there's a lot of really good streaming options at quarterback this week. If you have to stream a quarterback this week and kind of... <clears throat> Take a week of Burrow injured, let's say, if he actually does miss next week's game, I think it's still worth it. Go out and get Burrow. I think you might be able to get him for way cheaper than than you could have done in the draft. Um, Lou, do you want to say which Bengal you want people to trade for? Chase, go yeah. and get Jamar Chase at a discount, please. Yeah. What would you let's let's say using the two names you had before? And I think this might be something that you could easily do, even though AJ Brown hasn't had an amazing start. Let's say it's someone like an AJ Brown. Let's say it's someone like, do you know, that tier of wide receiver who was drafted just the tier below the top the top three, Chase, Jefferson Hill. The tier below when you so had... like Lamb, Lamb Adams, Adams, Brown, Brown. St. Brown. Would you trade away any of those for Chase? I would trade away... Um, I mean, I absolutely adore C.D. Lamb. But if, if you're putting a gun at my head, I'm trading them all away for Jamar Chase because I think Jamar Chase will be the best wide receiver in the league. So sorry, sorry. I don't know why I thought too much about that. Jamar Chase was my number one player on the season. I'm trading anyone away to get Jamar Chase. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sharples? Yeah, that was literally what I was, what I was about to say. So yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and who you, who, who's, your, who's your trade for? Uh, another one, I mean, it, it was, he's been talked about as well in the past few minutes. Uh, AJ Brown, um, slow start, but saying that, I mean, week one, he still had 15 points, 10 targets. Um, it, was, it was really, it's just one bad week. But obviously, he's, he's down at the wide receiver 44. You know what I mean? You put a cheeky offer in there for someone who's, you know, I don't know. For example, Michael Pittman. I mean, he, he must be knocking around as a top 10, top 15 Someone just compares the two numbers. If you can somehow manage to sneak that, hundred percent. I mean, AJ Brown's a stud. He's gonna be. He's gonna start scoring points. I think it's just been a, yeah. literally just a slow start. He's gonna be absolutely fine. He's a monster. Yeah, take advantage of you know um, maybe the ignorance of people in your league. They see the wide receiver six, Nico Collins, on your team, and they have the wide receiver whatever T Higgins is 34 probably worse than that go and trade them exactly take advantage <laughs> of the brain dead players in your league yeah. um, so Sharples Al don't be surprised if you see some some trade requests in your <laughs> in your leagues well done mate well done well done <laughs> um, let's quickly bash through some waiver targets this week then I mentioned the quarterbacks I think I'm going to mention him again in a little bit, but I think Stafford is a really good target this week if you need to stream a quarterback. But also, Devon A-Chain getting a bit involved. Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy, so it's worth kicking the tyres on A-Chain. And Musgrave, um, yeah, he looks like he's involved with this Green Bay team. You always need help at tight end. Um, check those three guys out. Lou? Um... Josh Reynolds, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, 4.8% rostered. Uh, he's been a consistent target for Goff, 
seems like the team's sort of like, you know, cemented in wide receiver two. Obviously, this past week amplified, you know, two touchdowns. Not going to happen every single week, but 13 targets, 146 yards over two games. That's worth a waiver ad for me. Uh, it could be a really reliable wide receiver three off flex going forward. And Zach Moss, who is still available in 32.3% of leagues. 88 rushing yards, one touchdown this week, along with four catches for 19 yards through the air. Look like a solid starting running back, and if you can pick one of those, mm. those up off the waiver wire, you're laughing. Yeah. Sharples? Yeah. Um, back to the tight end well. Uh, obviously went went great last time. Uh, th- this guy's not exactly a hidden gem. Uh, Hunter Henry, he's rostered in 34.7%, so he's on a fair few. Uh, but two two great weeks for him, 16.6 points, 17.2. Obviously, you, you're not going to expect him to keep that rate up or else he'll be challenging Travis Kelsey. But even if you take those two touchdowns away, it's 10-plus points, which for a tight end, especially one that wasn't drafted, you can't really ask for much more than that. You know, six, seven targets, both games, 50-plus yards. If he keeps doing that, even if the touchdowns don't stay there, you've got a solid tight end. Um, currently the tight end two as well, which shows you how bad that position is. Um, and also, a, a bit of a gimme this one, you'd think. It's the, the backup running back from the Cleveland Browns, Jerome Ford, obviously. Nick Chubb had his uh, mm. kneecap rotated 90 degrees the wrong way. Uh, he's not coming back. There's no one else really in that backfield. Uh, Jerome Ford came in, uh, 16 carries, 106 yards, 24.1 points. See if you can keep it up, might as well. We're moving on to look at the place for this week. In comes our man. You know what segment it is. It's the forget about it. Players that are locked into your lineup that we're not going to mention in our play pick segment, but just put them in there. At the quarterback position: Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar. Burrow if he plays. Lamar, Herbert. Forget about it. Running back: McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry, Pollard, Bijan, Etienne, Jacobs, Jones. If Jones is back, forget about it. Wide receiver: Jefferson, Hill, Adams, Chase, Diggs. Ridley, stick with him. Amam Ra, if he plays. And Lamb. Forget about it! The amount of these players where it's just like asterisks if they play. Mm. Uh, and tight end, Kelsey, Andrews and Hawkinson. Um, Forget about it! And that is it for tight ends. Uh, I don't care who did well last week. Tight end is potluck, apart from these three players. Again, as I'm going to say every week. Uh, but let's get into some specific players who we think are going to have really good weeks. Let's get the tight ends out of the way first. Lou, start us off. I'm going to go Sam Laporta, um, tight end for the Detroit Lions. 11 targets, 10 catches, over 100 receiving yards on the season already. Averaging over 10 fantasy points, uh, PPR fantasy points per game. Looks like a fairly reliable target for Jared Goff. I'd be happy to keep plugging him in as you know it's hard to find consistency at the tight end position, but right now Laporta seems to be providing consistency, so I'm just gonna keep plugging him in. Yeah. Speaking of consistency, um I'm gonna go up Dalton Schultz. Maybe not consistent fantasy production, but he had ta- uh, seven targets this past week. Um so try him out. Shapples. Yeah, I've gone for the same guy I told you to pick him off the waivers, Hunter Henry. Uh, not much more to say. Back-to-back game, 16-17 points. Coming up against the Jets, uh, I don't see any reason why we can't see the same 6-7 targets. So even go and get another touchdown. Uh, projected 8.3 points. Mm. Okay. 
Lou, give us a running back. I'm going to go Kenneth Walker this week. You know, I think he's the clear number one back over Charbonnet, over Carbonet. Um, listen, <laughs> even in the red zone as well, even in the red zone, you know, Walker's been dominating the touches on the ground through the air as well. Um, he just had a really nice game against Detroit with two rushing touchdowns. His yards per carry wasn't the best, 2.5 on the ground, but I expect his rushing yards to soar this week as he plays a Panthers team that I just targeted last week with my running back pick, um, who I know Jamal Williams got injured, but they still give away two touchdowns to Tony Jones Jr. Um, the Panthers have given up 132 rushing yards per game and have already allowed four rushing touchdowns on the season. Seahawks are at home. The Panthers are going to be uh, uh, currently one of the poorest teams in the league. The game script could allow for Walker to have a bit of a field day in this game, so I'd be starting him confidently. And I'll see you on the other side of the ball, Lou. I'm going to go Miles Sanders, mm. uh, my running back start of the week, just because he is the is the number one clear number one here is the dude. Uh, for this team at running back um, and that's what I'm chasing I'm chasing opportunity again that's what we love to chase more than anything you know that uh, carries and targets you know that's that's our bread and butter uh, when we're talking about fantasy football and players who you should be looking at starting um, you're never going to be picking Miles Sanders based on talent basically but he's in the and you know he he's seen at least five targets a game, coupled with about sixteen carries. That's more than enough opportunity to rack up some decent fantasy points. Um, so who's he against? We know who he's against. It's the Seahawks. I think this is an opportunity for Carolina to possibly put up some points, even though I I'm a bit miffed still about um, Bryce Young. I didn't see him play too much in college, and everything he does looks super lethargic. Um, I do think Carolina, as I said, are going to score some points. You know, Seattle, I think, are going to win or play in a lot of games like they have done the previous few weeks. Um, so, yeah, Miles Sanders chased the opportunity. Chapels? Yeah, I've gone for a, a guy I was already uh, gushing about earlier on, but Kyron Williams, uh, running back for the uh, Rams. Sky-high projection at 18, considering that it's only week two and he was completely undrafted. I think he's got the fifth-highest projection of any running back, which is, which is pretty mad. But totally warranted. I mean, if, if you watched the San Francisco game last week and he, and he was against me in fantasy, he was just terrifying. He was like the Terminator. He was just coming back every time. Didn't matter if it was a run. Didn't matter if it was a pass. He just seemed to touch the ball on every play. Obviously, he got himself a, a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown, which is always going to help and, and inflate the numbers. But just with that much work, and you, you don't see any reason why he wouldn't keep getting that work, he, he's going to be there or thereabouts. And so, although it's a high projection, I think, I think he's more than capable of beating it. Against the Bengals... Mm. We're not still not quite sure what we're going to get for the Bengals. Is the offense going to wake up? Is it not? Even so, there should, there should be scope to score some points. But like I said, he looks to be game script proof. So whether the Rams are absolutely smashing him or whether they're miles behind, whether it's close, he will get the ball. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I've gone for Kyron Williams this week. Nice. Um, let's do quarterback Lou. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins, who mm. is the quarterback one through week two. Of course he is. Which. I sort of really didn't clock on to because Minnesota are obviously 0-2. Um, Cousins have been, has been very turnover-prone in the first two games. He's got one interception of three fumbles to his name. So it's easy to overlook that he's been solid for fantasy football and is he's thrown six touchdown passes already this season. This week, he's at home. 
not in prime time in a must-win game for the Vikings and the team that they're against in the Chargers. Um, The Chargers, who have given up over 350 passing yards and two passing touchdowns per game to opposing quarterbacks. So they're a great matchup for the position. You know, when, when you have the weapons that Cousins has, Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, Hawkinson, along with a bit of a stuttering running game that they have, it becomes an easy plug-and-play, which I would be doing confidently this week in a game that is a must-win. I know we say this all the time, but shootout-worthy. Mm. These are the games that you want players in. Yeah. I'm going to go Matt Stafford. I alluded to it earlier. Uh, only projected the 15.7 points. Everything has been there so far this season for Stafford, apart from touchdowns. You know, He's thrown over 300 yards in both games so far, and I think we can all agree that the Rams' offense is way better than everyone expected. Everyone but me, that is. Mm. Um, so far, he's only thrown one touchdown, which is unusual. Stafford's a- Stafford averages about 1.7 touchdowns per game for his career, so you expect some positive regression there. He gets a favourable matchup against the Bengals. Um, I think the Rams are going to really fancy this, themselves in this game, Joe Burrow playing or not. I think it's a sneaky good game, annoying that it's on Monday night, one of two Monday night games again, so we're probably not really going to be able to see it live. But yeah, um, I think we expect some positive regression, a couple of touchdown passes at least from Stafford um, in, yeah, a nice game, I think. Sharples? Um, well, I don't love the matchup, but I like Jordan Love this week. Uh, projected 14.1 <laughs> points against the New Orleans Saints. Tough defence, we know that, but uh, three touchdowns in each of his last two games. Um, yardage has been a little bit inconsistent, but I don't need three touchdowns from him. He's only got he's only got projection of fourteen. If he gets a couple of touchdowns, two hundred yards, more than enough. So uh, more playing the uh, more playing playing the points game on this one. Uh, but yeah, six touchdowns in two games is not to be sniffed at. Maybe maybe the Packers have done it again. Maybe they they are going to go from Brett Favre from Rogers to another unbelievable quarterback. Let's just see. Personally, I don't care as long as he does good this week. Just quickly on Jordan Love, did you know that he's thrown six touchdowns in two games? Uh, <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, why? Uh, yeah, wide receiver. I'm going to go Amari Cooper, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Despite being doubtful to play in the Monday night game, he ended up coming out of the night leading the team in targets, receptions, receiving yards, pretty much every notable passing category. Clearly Deshaun Watson's number one target. And he looked great. If you saw some of the games, some of the catches that Cooper made were great. He looked... I, I don't even... like. He didn't even look hampered at all. Mm. Like um, Now, obviously, Nick Chubb is out. You'd figure that the Browns' offense is is got to lean on the passing game more, as that is now where the main playmakers are. Cooper being the central piece of that. This week he gets face a Titans defense that has given up over two hundred and thirty eight yards and fifty two fantasy points per game to wide receivers uh, in the opening two weeks of the season. I think it's going to be a close game. Two teams who can, you know, I can't really make either of them either of them out at the minute the Browns and the Titans. So I'm I'm very intrigued and I am also confident that Cooper can get plenty of work in a game that can be, you know, it's going to be quite unpredictable, I think. I'm going to go George Pickens. Speak about a guy that is an absolute dude. 
127 yards and a touchdown last night off just the four receptions, even though he had 10 targets. Yeah. Go on. Not great that he had 10 targets and only caught four of them. I think that speaks a lot to the quarterback player. Yeah. Um, I think we're expecting or hoping Kenny Pickett gets, you know, uh, more comfortable, better. They were against Cleveland and, you know, you can blame injury all you want, but Cleveland just, just completely shut down Joe Burrow in week one. That's not going to be the case in week three against Vegas. It's a super favourable matchup. Um, four pickings against this kind of really not intimidating uh, Vegas secondary. And yeah, he, he, he's the only guy there really to to throw the ball to because, because yeah, you've got Frymouth underneath. But I mean, unfortunately, Deontay Johnson on the IR. So he's going to get peppered with targets. He's super talented as, as, talented as was confirmed this past week. If anyone didn't realise how talented George Pickens was, just go and watch his touchdown from this week. Um, yeah. I think there's not many more safe players this week at wide receiver if we're talking about these kind of uh, middle, middle in kind of wide receiver, two wide receiver, three guys than George Pickens, to be honest with you, with some serious upside. So um, Pickens this week, Shackles. Uh, Mike Evans is being disrespected with a 14.6 projection, and so I'm going to absolutely attack that. I agree. Uh, I agree. I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, obviously, he's had two touchdowns in, in the last two matches, which... Mike Evans doesn't always do, but just for the amount he's getting targeted, the yardage. Obviously, Philadelphia are a good team, but I think they'll probably be chasing that game. I think there'll be plenty of plenty of throws. Um, obviously, Chris Godwin's do a big game, but I think there's enough of the ball to go around. And yeah, I, I, I'm just attack, attacking that that projection, which I think is daft. 14.6 points should easily beat that. Uh, Mike Evans against the Eagles at wide receiver for me. Very good, very good. Um, let's move on and quickly look at some games this week. Shapples, have you got a tier list of games for us? I, I, I've already said it, but immediately I'm annoyed that there's two Monday night games. Uh, it just means there's less games for us to watch on Sunday night, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you got a tier list for us? Yeah, and let me just preface this. Uh, I put these together today. I've had quite a long day. Um, fantasy didn't go well for me last week, so I'm in a bit of a bad mood. So... We've only got two in great and two in good, a lot in meh and three in and three in bad. So it might just be me being disillusioned, or maybe they are all this bad. So as usual, we'll start with the bad. Uh, Jags, Texans, Brown Titans, Ravens, Colts, Raiders, Steelers. Um, I bet the Browns, Texans has a lot of points scored, but I bet. It's not really relevant for fantasy, is what Brains I would say. Titans. Brains Titans, I mm. apologise, yeah. Um, it's not. A, it's just not an attractive game, is it? Like, when yeah. you look at it. But nope. y- yeah. Mm. Uh, the notch up, but still meh. Got quite a few in this one. Uh, some you might disagree with, but it's just how I'm feeling this week. Lions, Falcons, Saints, Packers, Commanders, Bills, Jets, Patriots, Seahawks, Panthers, Chiefs, Bears, Buccaneers, Eagles might move that one up to good actually on hindsight, but still, I would move the Lions Falcons up as well. Hmm. I don't like the Falcons this year. I think they're a mirage. I think B- why because the two and zero, mate. because oh. the two and zero and the winning. <laughs> I think Bijan's good. I just I, I don't like Desmond Ritter. That he's not he's not looking very good. Yeah, I think they'll either. soon start to crumble. Mm. Yes. Um, and Jets Patriots again completely lost all interest in any Jets games now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. 
Uh, but into the good. What was in the good? Into the good. Uh, 49ers, Giants. Giants actually showed a little sign of life. Um, so I'm hoping that was going to be interesting. And another team that also showed some life, Dolphins, Broncos. Let's just see. Let's just see. I, get, I was feeling optimistic on this one. I was trying to not put everything in the mech category. Let's see. <laughs> I um, I think the 49ers, Giants could very easily go the way of the Cowboys Giants from week mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Maybe. But I agree. we'll see. And two, yeah. two which I'm hoping will be the two shining jewels on the crown. Vikings Chargers. Bengals Rams because the Bengals are going to be back this week. What's funny about that is though is that in those two games that you, which I agree they're, they're my favourite games uh, this weekend as well. Uh, out of those four teams, there's one win. That is, yeah, wow. On the season, but it is interesting. No, because I, I, the, they will be my two favourite games. So it is interesting how it's like how you know it, how we've sort of framed it in that we're still excited about these teams, even though you know they've they've been they've not been the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um. I could see the Buccaneers putting up a real fight against the Eagles personally, so I think that's one to look out for. Um, and and just make Buccaneers again like like all the all the teams who played the Eagles so far this season, they could make life pretty hard for them to score points. To be honest with you, but yeah, um, but lads, instead of closing thoughts, we're going to retire that for this week because we are going to close the show with first. Email first email question that we have. Um, if you want to get in touch in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com, uh, ask us anything fantasy advice. Um, do you think we're idiots? Tell us, probably, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, who's the biggest idiot? Is that it, you? But do you want them to email in and say, <laughs> you as well? no, it's you, mate? We got an email from Rob Melia, Rob. We know Rob. We know Rob. It's cheating, really. It's <laughs> cheating. We asked somebody to email us. It should be the name of this segment. Who, who, did we ask to, who did we ask to email us this week? No, Rob, Rob's uh, in a few leagues. Good um, fantasy player. The email is titled Bryce Young Q. Q, in this context, I assume, is short for question. Um. The email reads as follows. The Panthers traded... The Panthers fan, by the way. Yes, the Panthers traded the farm to move up for Bryce Young and after two games, the play calling looks awful and next to none of the receivers can get any separation. It's looking like it's going to be a long season for the Panthers and for Young and maybe beyond with no first-round pick this year. As early as it is to call, as we're only two games into the season, do you think the Panthers could regret surrendering the franchise quarterback with a lack of downfield options, lack of a true wide receiver, and lack of future mm. options? It's For us, I think the, the reference is like Sam Darnold. The reference would be, do you know, in terms of a player that um, kind of gets given the keys to essentially a car that doesn't work. Uh, and it kind of ruins them for at least a few years, if not the whole career. Yeah. That kind of lack of development. So I, I definitely think there's a cause for concern in terms of like the guy's confidence being shot, his development being halted because the team just isn't there at the minute. Um, I would also say that I, again, not see much of him playing in college. Um, undoubtedly, an amazing college player. I've not seen much from him to say he's going to be an amazing NFL player. Personally. I know, I know, I agree. It's, this is what I don't... It's what I have a... 
bit of a, like a a pet peeve when like when teams draft guys and like they feel the need to shove them in right away. Like we've seen this year, Strode, Richardson, Young, all starting straight away. And it's like there's nothing wrong with you know, Patrick Mahomes sat for sat a year. For a year yeah. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Jordan Love, who we've just been talking about looking really good, sat for three years. You know, I know that isn't always a recipe for success and always the way to go, but with some quarterbacks it might be. Mm. With Bryce Young, they have Andy Dalton. Mm. Andy Dalton is a is a is a you know, he, he has been a very solid, serviceable NFL quarterback. Mm. Why not have your you know, very sort of inexperienced, very, f- you know, physically fragile young quarterback sit behind somebody and learn from him for a year instead of thinking like, right, let's put this guy in, let's completely get him killed. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's coming from someone who's never played, but I don't know how much you learn from getting, like you said, getting just, your head kicked in, getting your head Aaron kicked Donald. in every, every week. You know, so, what yeah. I mean, uh, there's an aspect of it being a different speed, and you need to get up to speed, get up to that speed. But I don't know what you learn by just losing every week and not having anyone to throw the ball to. Sharples. Yeah, no, I think I'd have to sort of echo just what Lee said. I mean, he shouldn't have to be in this position where he's coming straight in and is expected to be the savior. I think that's just a symptom of of, of where the league's going. I mean, the amount of Early early round picks in the past that sort of like we said sat for a year. Rogers sat for a couple of years under Brett Favre. Brady didn't come in to start. Obviously they were a late round pick, not a number one pick. But it, it's just yeah, he's, he's coming into a team that's a little bit of a shambles. He's not the only one. I think similar story in in Houston, and it's going to take time. I mean, yeah, he's not been great, but he's a rookie quarterback. He's played two games and not very good team. I wouldn't hit the panic button now. He still might be something. It's just, I mean, yeah, it would it would be nice to, to get some weapons around him. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, they've been in dire straits for a little bit. I mean, obviously they had arguably the best player in the league at some point, Christian McCaffrey there, and he left because he couldn't they couldn't do anything with him. So they need they definitely need a bit of a reshuffle. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't just completely blow it up right now. Let's just see. It's been two games. He looks okay. He looks fine. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, and you know, going back to the email, yes, it would be nice to have downfield talent. It would be nice to have all that stuff. But the fact is. You know, not every team can have that. Like all the teams want those things. You know, you have to pick and choose your battles. They, you know, they've got some reasonably good mm-hmm. defensive pieces. They've obviously not invested in the offense. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. not going to be a nice one. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hit the panic button and I wouldn't rule out Bryson as a quarterback just off two bad games. Yeah, to be honest, I think um, I think in terms of, of, of talent, I think I think. Adam Thielen could potentially still do a job. I think Terence Marshall could be a capable real-life NFL wide receiver, and Jonathan Mingo's got potential to do something for fantasy. So I think were Rob kind of hit the nail on the head, though, he's probably looking at the awful play calling, to be honest. Mm. But yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for the email. Cheers, Rob. Thanks for that. Um, and that's going to do us for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening. If Good you, luck. Yeah, if you, if you like what you listen to, be sure share us about um, with your friends or you play fantasy football with. Um, we're on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Samsung Podcasts. Yeah. That's I, probably I, I, a thing. I suppose it's something that Blackberry we don't, Podcasts. I suppose it's something that we don't normally uh, say much anymore because we're just like in the swing of it. But yeah, it's just you know we we wanted to start this as kind of uh, just just three guys who are obsessed with fantasy football and happen to be from the UK and 
we know a lot of people in the UK do play fantasy football and um, you might want some super expertise from some great kind of American fantasy football podcasts who've been playing for years and years or you might want someone a bit like kind of close to your experience so far you know who's been playing for a few years and is super into it and is coming at it kind of from a different perspective being from the UK so show us to your friends if you do enjoy us yeah but um Thank you very much, as always, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. Did you know that Jared Goff's interception streak's over?